Hi, I'm Dr. Sarah Howard, and welcome to the Pure Animal Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking to Dr. Elaine Sibuliak. Dr. Sibuliak holds a Bachelor of Veterinary Science, membership in dentistry by examination, the IVAS certification in veterinary acupuncture, advanced diplomas in naturopathy, Western herbal medicine, nutrition, remedial massage, and certificates in Chinese herbal medicine. She performs referral work, teaching, and runs workshops. Dr. Elaine founded an integrative veterinary medicine practice in Brisbane in 2010 called Animal Wellness. She has held many executive positions in the Australian Veterinary Association over the years, including President of the Central Queensland Branch, President of the Holistic Veterinary Association, AVA Queensland Representative of the Holistic Special Interest Group, and Newsletter Editor of the Australian Veterinary Dental Society. Elaine also helped set up one of the leading groups in animal welfare in third world countries, now known as Vets Beyond Borders. Hello, Elaine. I'm so excited to finally speak to you on the Pure Animal podcast. How are you today? Hi, Sarah. It's great to be on the podcast finally with you and I am good. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Good. I get to start a little bit later on Tuesdays, so that's great. Oh, Lovely. And so what have you done in your morning so far? Have you got a morning routine, some self-care, some exercise or just sleep in? <laughs> I gave my dog lots of love because I castrated him yesterday. Oh, <laughs> My poor oh, baby. Bless. So I made sure oh. he was comfortable, took him out for a little bit of a walk around, gave him lots of extra treats and took his bucket oh. off his head because it was really bugging him and then scolded him for trying to lick down there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is he just a puppy? Uh, he's 15 months old. He's a border mm-hmm. collie and he made babies when he was nine months old with one <gasps> of our clients who has a working border collie and she, her oh, other dog wow. was getting quite old and she wanted a replacement dog and he made the bestest, cutest, nicest puppies. Oh, but, um, yeah, but I thought, you know what, he was just in the, in the dog park, just getting slightly aggressive with a couple of other dogs, mm. which totally surprised me because he's not like that at all. He's a really, really nice dog. But I think some of the dogs in the dog park taught him a bit of that behavior. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Just okay, well, you've done your, your dash. So anyway, so that's all I did. <laughs> and I fed my fish and I just looked after everyone oh. at home and made breakfast and stuff. So yeah. Just oh, lovely. Stuff. Nice yeah. slow start to the day. That sounds really nice. Yeah. And you're going into work um, after we record. So tell mm-hmm. us about your clinic and, um, you know, how you came to establish animal wellness and about the business. I'd love to hear about it. Sure. Okay. So um, I'll go back a little bit. So I was um, born in America, so I have a slight accent. I was born in California. You do. I grew, yeah. grew, up, grew up in Hawaii, and my dad was a chiropractor. And mum was a bit of a nutritionist. She was actually a school teacher and a bit of an artist. So I, I grew up sort of with those with that background knowledge growing up in Hawaii about Chinese herbs just being part of daily mm-hmm. life and about chiropractic adjustment. I remember even, <clears throat> pardon me, as a younger a younger me when my neck was a bit stiff and told my dad and he did that quick chiro adjustment of my neck and it was instantly better. I was like, oh, okay, fine. So you grow up just knowing wow. those things, so normal. So handy. <laughs> yeah. And so when I, when I 
went through vet school, I actually studied remedial massage. There was um, like, I think it was about a six week course. And I went to that say on a Thursday night and I found some really interesting um, aspects of that, in, including essential oils at that time. And that was back in mm. 1970, I want to say 78, around about oh, that. Wow how old I was <laughs> and and also like the spiritual side of that I remember mm. when we were having the remedial massages on each other I had flashbacks of what what they considered reincarnation which is going to sound kind oh, of really wow. weird but every now and again I have these really strange experiences so I'm aware of energies and I've had mm. Reiki adjustments and and um, sometimes when I've had to, you know, hands-on treat someone, they feel like a shock. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's oh. just normal. <laughs> it's all normal. And so when um, I was you know, progressing through my, my vet degree, um, as a new grad, I took an interest in dentistry because my brother became a dentist. He's a couple of years older okay. than I am. So I inherited yep. all his textbooks and went, oh, my God, they have a five-year course. We have a five-year course and there's all on dentistry, except the first two years we had subjects together with the dental students. And so so I was reading his textbooks and going, oh, we should be doing more of this stuff. So, of course, there was a ton of periodontal disease and I graduated about 1981 and we had one lecture on dentistry at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, there's a lot more I need to know. (laughs) And so when I... um, yeah, I was in central Queensland for a while and some of my good friends when they were having their babies and I was having my babies um, and we'd have dinner parties together and such. One was a dentist and one was a dental technician. Mm. And so I had a few cases. There was one I decided I had to do some orthodontics on because it had um, you know, a tight bite and kind of a lance canine forward. And so oh, the dental technician and I invented um, how to fix it. <laughs> And, oh, wow. Um, I've never heard of yeah, that before in animals. Yeah. yeah. I was out there in central Queensland with no specialist, no after hours. Yeah. I had to do the after hours. You know, you just had to do stuff. Yeah. And so so we had one time I had a little puppy that had hydrocephalus. It was a chihuahua thing. And I mm-hmm. rang um, our, our surgeon lecturer down in in University of Queensland and um, I said so what do I do here and he said oh well you just need one of those silicone tubes and you just punch a hole you know underneath undermine the skin through the foramen and let it drain out that way through the through the um, the tube so he sent me the tube through the post told me what to do and I did it so every now and again I go I can't be can't be that high yeah can't be brain surgery and I'm like oh my god that's (laughs) right I'm brain surgery (laughs) aren't that amazing really they just have to do everything there was yeah. no other option, you know. The yeah. people weren't going to fly down to any specialist down in Brisbane. It's, you know. Yeah. And then you had to fix fractures as well. So you look at the textbooks and you go, okay, what do I have to do here? Oh, yes, I need wires. I need to put an wow. IM pin here. So you just did stuff because you had to. Yeah. And so that's what happened. Um, And then, you know, I remember Dad doing some chiropractic adjustments and what he did. And so I was like, okay, so I can feel that bit is tight. So it's going to have to actually have some pressure on this part and then re- release it. And then I studied it officially through the Australian Institute of Applied Science when I moved down to Brisbane. And mm-hmm. um, everything kind of get gets tied together. I did the um, membership in dentistry in the year 2000. And around the same time, I was finishing the IVAS certification in acupuncture. Yeah, And then you just see, once you start studying, you just see a crossover of all techniques. It's yeah. like 
Uh, this is similar to Shiatsu. This is similar to this. This is similar to the energy in Reiki. This is similar to, you know, and, and it just yeah. kind of ties everything together. So Yeah, nice. Yeah. 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 And there's something so addictive about learning, isn't there? Just yeah, continually exactly. bettering yourself. Yeah. And if you're just really interested in something, it's so easy. I mean, it sounds to me you're you're studying your memberships in dentistry at the same time as your acupuncture and you were doing your massage at the same time as vet science. And it sounds a bit crazy, but I totally understand because when you've got that thirst for knowledge and you're interested in something, it doesn't seem like work. Yeah, that's right. I remember when I was studying for the membership in dentistry, one thing I was finding though is that I got distracted by outside noises. So I would just put the earplugs in to, um, you know, the the type of earplugs that you listen to um, mm-hmm. on your phone or wherever you plug it in. And yeah. and it, it would zone me out and I would just, it would be three hours later <laughs> and I go, oh, I've been studying for like three hours. Oh, that's cool. And when I went to do oh, the wow. membership exam, I put the same earplugs in and because it's got that long tail that you would normally plug into like a phone mm-hmm. or something, the examiner sort of walked around and thought I was cheating. <laughs> and I showed, I showed the end of it. I'm like, it's not connected to anything. It's just to block out the outside noise. So I wonder sometimes if I'm a bit autistic, you know, because jumping from one or thing to another. highly sensitive. Highly and, sensitive yeah, maybe. And, and yeah. This, and, and realizing that that's how I could study better without yeah. the distraction of the noise outside. Yeah. So yeah. I needed to set up. But but it was interesting Set with, the, up for success. with the flow, yeah. When you get into something, and and mm-hmm. I do find it fascinating that I can tie those things together because <clears throat> I teach the massage course once or twice a year, an animal massage course, and mm. um, what I found is my students after two days, it's Saturday and Sunday, so I actually give them a ton of information in that short space of time, and I say to them, look, you're going to get overwhelmed on Saturday. Don't worry about it because I've got to take home exam. But by the end of Sunday, all of those principles where I tie in um, acupressure massage and cross-fibre mobilisation, which is a type of Bowen, um, a bunch of different principles. And at the end of Sunday, these guys are amazing. <laughs> and wow. I'm like, because, yeah. because basically I cut to the chase. I don't spend hours and hours studying origins and insertions of um, tendons and ligaments. And they don't even really need to know the name. They just need to know the feel. They need to know mm-hmm. what a knotted muscle and a tight trigger point is. And they need to understand about movement. So I have a physio that works with us. His name's Chris. And so because he is actually a qualified physiotherapist and loves animals so much, he helps us tie it in together so nicely. Yeah, and it's, it's really fun. It's fun to watch people get results after a super short period of time, you know, just a weekend. Very short. Yeah. yeah. And are these um, pet pet owners or are they other practitioners? A bit of both. I really, I really think this course should be part of the vet um, students um, learning because mm. I've had I've had quite a few vet nurses and quite a few vets come through um, and the techniques that they learn in that weekend really opens their mind because a lot of for instance yeah. the dogs that have had cruciate repairs are still lame because they've actually got tight um, trigger points that from mm. flexing um, that from compensating point. Yes. Yeah. It's like I tell people, you know, one of the demos is, okay, so hold this coffee cup. So you can hold it comfortably for a period of a minute or two. Now hold that 
for an hour and then think about holding that for six weeks, <laughs> you know. So once you've got yeah. your arm flexed holding that cup up after a period of time, you start to feel where the tightness is in, say, your biceps and your forearms and your fingers and how mm. clampy they are. So you've got mm-hmm. to release all of that you know, after the surgery and even before the surgery. And sometimes, say, in little dogs, they might not even need cruciate surgery. They just need to have mm. the balance brought back again. And and the yeah. other take-home point, seeing that we're on the massage stuff, is the body is a tensegrity system. So the collagen and um, all of the fascia is linked. So one yeah. of the big principles that I teach is that there is a crossover system in the quadrupeds. So if you've actually got dental pain in one side of your mouth, you're not going to chew on that side. So you're going to get felting or matting and trigger points on that side. So your masseter muscle is going to have the trigger point. And then you go down the neck, that same side is going to be tight. And then you're going to have triceps trigger points. And then the crossover, if it's the right side of your mouth, you'll have left hip issues. So you actually have to fix the left hip to fix the right um, soreness in the shoulder and the triceps. So that principle, once you understand that, and the way that I actually explain that is if you're making the sheets of the bed really, really tight mm-hmm. and then someone comes through and pulls the bottom right-hand side of the bed, what happens to the top part of the bed? So it's all on a bias. So if you pull yeah. the bottom right of the sheet, the top left of the bed where the gets pillows pulled. are. Yeah, gets pulled. Yeah. So that's what happens with the tight tensegrity system of the quadruped. So if mm, you've got a tight neck you get on the right side, you're going to get a tight left hip. And so when you release that left hip, you can fix that right side. And the other thing that we teach is baited stretches. So what baited stretches are is part of your diagnostics and also part of your home care treatment. So you take a little bit of liver, just a tiny bit, and then you hold it in front of their nose and you get them to try and reach for that by taking that bit of liver over to the, say, the right flank. Uh, Normal dogs will get all the way over to the right flank and then you do the same thing to the left side. So you'll find that one side is tighter than the other side. So the side mm-hmm. that is tighter, say if you can't get the dog to touch his nose to the left side, then that means the right side is tight. So then you look yeah. at the right side, lift the lip. That's the other take-home point. Flip the lip. I don't think enough people, owners or vets, are pulling the lip all the way back. They're sometimes opening Mm -hmm. the mouth to look at the teeth. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You have to flip it. With the cat, don't put your fingers in. (laughs) Use a cotton tip, (laughs) you know, because you don't want to get bitten. (laughs) And cat's mouths are really, really filthy and you'll end up having to take antibiotics. Those um, pill poppers, the soft ones that have the blue on the end of it, the soft rubber, they're the best. So you can use those to flip the lip. Just pull it back and look at the back teeth. Don't open the mouth. So Mm -hmm. when you open the mouth, the lips get tight, so you can't actually see the back part. So you want to look all the way back on both sides. So so you do the baited stretches, dog or cat, but mostly we're talking about dogs, and then you look at the mouth. So if the dog can't go to the left, then the right side is tight. So look at the right. Look at the right for broken teeth, usually fractured premolar fours or periodontal disease. You have to see the molar all the way back. And then feel the trigger points on the masseter muscle and feel the neck. And and then you'll often find the reason that they can't go 
you know, to the left. So therefore you need to put that dog in for dental and clean that yep. clean that mouth up. So that's Wow, one of my so it all just stems from there. That's so interesting. Isn't isn't that such a beautiful holistic way to look at the health of the whole body? It, that yeah, probably not many people do. Yeah. So I think at the AVA conference coming up, I'm giving a lecture on the mouth as a window to disease because oh, there's wonderful. also interesting information about how the teeth represent meridian systems. For instance, the canine tooth represents liver and then oh. um, and the tongue as well. So in Chinese medicine, when you look at a, a diagram of the tongue, and you, people can find that online if you just go TCM tongue diagnosis, you'll see pictures where the tip of the tongue represents the heart and the very tip represents actually the um, the valves of the heart. So if you see redness in there okay. in Chinese medicine, they call it heat, um, so inflammation basically. And, and you'll often see that if you've got, say, King Charles Cavalier, the tip of the tongue will be red, the heart murmured dogs with the mitral oh. valve deficiency. So look at the tip. And then if the tongue is swollen, it means that the digestion system is not working very yes, well. And people I had that, heard that. that yeah, mm. and people that can be hypothyroidism as well, one of the mm. signs because they get edema. And then on the sides of the tongue, if they're red, it's liver gallbladder. Um, mm. yin deficiency. So there's a lot of diagnostics that the that the old systems of medicine in mm-hmm. China and throughout the world, they use they use looking and pulse and smelling. Like mm-hmm. we had a little um, six-month-old dog in yesterday and it had a classic urea smell. And I was like, this is not good. This smells mm-hmm. like kidney insufficiency. I think this mm-hmm. dog's in renal failure. And we did the bloods BUN and creatinine sky high. And then oh, we did an ultrasound geez. and there was no normal architecture of either kidney. So oh. it was like you could just tell from the dog walking in and smelling yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, It's like yeah. when you do the bloods and you go. And it's the same with, um, you know, ketoacidosis when I did 24 yeah. Um, emergency after hours clinic, I was walking past a cage and I was like, how long has that dog been diabetic? And nobody had actually checked, but you could smell it, the ketoacidosis. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Got to have a good nose, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. As well as everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Post-COVID, some people are struggling. I will say as a naturopath, we've treated multiple people with um, post-COVID and a lot of people have lost their sense of smell. And you look at the the nails and they have white spots. So zinc deficiency is a really big one. Yeah. And so correcting that is quite helpful. And then there's Chinese herbal medicine. There's one called Qing Fei San, um, Q-I-N-G-F-E-I-S-A-N. San just Mm -hmm. means um, powder. Mm -hmm. So the last, um, yeah, the last of three um, words and a lot of Chinese medicine just represents the form, like pilier or powder or liquid. And so yeah, San or Tang um, represents like a powder or liquid. Yeah. Um, and one is generally like a little pillule. So Li Wei Ji Huang Wan, which is Romania six, which is the one that Mm -hmm. everyone should know because it fixes renal (laughs) failure, particularly in cats. 
And it, all okay. vets should just be having that on their shelf. Like I just think it's negligent not to know that. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I, I hate to admit that I didn't know that. <laughs> well, but now I do now. and I'll remember it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the podcast will help so many people. And hopefully everyone listening will know that now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just so easy. I've had so, so many patients that were, you know, written off, not going to live long. And I had one, it was, I think it's over 10 years, maybe 12 years, a cat that came over from Taiwan, beautiful family, and they um, they had this cat that was diagnosed as renal failure, so the BUNN creatinine that they brought the that results in with them from Taiwan. And um, I put it on Liwei Di Huang one pretty much then and some coenzyme Q10 as well, which helps mm-hmm. the mitochondria function better, um, and a little bit of diet change. So you've got to mm-hmm. be anti-inflammatory as much as possible. And cats are obligate obligate carnivores they're not carnivores mm-hmm. so when you look at the <laughs> you know the diets that they've got they're corn maize wheat um rice yeah so when they're on a high um level of carbohydrates there's inflammation and insulin mm-hmm. problems insulin swings yep. Yep. so i put people through there's a good website catinfo.org so it's okay. easy to just flip people over to that one. It's an American holistic vet and she's got lots of advice about diet. Oh, great. And then, yeah, and then we talk about, um, you know, the better types of, of diets that they can have. And I will mm-hmm. um, send people to Claire Middle. You've done a really good podcast. Yeah, we her. have, yeah. Well. Yep. Yeah. And some, yeah, she's and some great. Balmy. Yeah, and some, and some offal meat, O-F-F-A-L meat, so a little bit of heart, a mm-hmm. little bit of kidney, that sort of thing mm-hmm. added to the food. And they just do so well. Um, so this cat has not been in renal failure for the last, whatever, 10, 12 years, whatever. Gosh. And it's now 18 and it comes in and has some acupuncture about oh, once a month or every two months. And it's been lovely with this family because I sort of was their naturopath advice as well. And they had some fertility issues. They wanted to mm. make a baby and they weren't getting there. And so they come in now with their one-year-old baby. <laughs> so oh, cute. that's so rewarding, yeah. isn't it? Being able to help the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah. It's, it's nice that way. And I'm also able yeah. to help my staff if they've got a bad back. You know, so yeah. the, the big take-homes for those are uh, physical therapies because, you know, we've got the physio on team and also yeah. we have a remedial massage chair that's free that everyone can sit in. Some of my staff just oh, sit in so nice. for 10, 10 minutes after work. And then um, PEA is a really big lifesaver as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. pomegranate um, Yeah. So that, that one binds to the cannabinoid receptors. So yeah. it helps with pain and inflammation in, in yeah. the back. A lot of vets and vet nurses have bad backs. So yep. so physio and a few exercises I've actually posted on file section in the vet practitioner's um, social media, the rehab program. Because I actually hurt, well, I had um, a back problem where my L4, L5 and S1 went. It was uh, several oh, years ouch. ago now. I want to yeah. say maybe about eight years ago. I was just yeah. going to the WA conference and it mm-hmm. it went just a few days before that mm. so that that was not good so I had to learn no. all about rehabbing my own back and it's been fine since you just have to be okay. careful with it yeah but yeah but definitely yeah. Build up that strength. An 
Yeah, anti-inflammatory diet. I will say activated turmeric, if you take some of that daily, is quite helpful. Yeah. And then yeah. bone broth for the chondroitin sulfate and the glucosamine. Yeah. yeah. Another collagen in there. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's a, such. It sounds like such a beautiful way to live, the way you're incorporating all of the studies and all of the knowledge that you have into your own health and your staff's health and your client's health and then their pet's health and it's... It's just you lovely know, it, to hear. It's a, it's a community though, isn't it? Yeah, it and is. so yeah. I'm able to like refer them on, you know, so, so like fertility, I was like, okay, so who do I know that's in my naturopath circle of medicine mm-hmm. that's got yeah. three masters in women's health that I can refer them on to? So not only did I talk about the diet and what they needed to do um, and was able to just go, well, I know this guy, so I'm just going to refer you to him, you know, and so that yeah. really worked out quite well. There's yeah. a ton of endometriosis in women. I mean, really, the yeah. planet has got so many xenoestrogens and agricultural yeah. things. And I'm really grateful, too, because my son had testicular cancer several years ago, about five years oh ago. My gosh. So the oncologist has just said um, that he doesn't need to see him ever again. He had a metastasis in his, his left kidney area, and we oh, have wow. this... Yeah, we have this laborious hereditary optic neuropathy, which um, is a horrible genetic disease where you go blind really quickly. And it oh. affects the males more than the women, but the women often go blind after menopause. So I've been on okay. the board for the International Foundation of Optic Nerve Disease for the last 20 odd years with my husband. And um, wow. my brother went blind at the age of 28. So remember, he was <gasps> the dentist. Yeah, so he went oh, blind with this no. when he was practicing in. Um, in London at the time. So then he came back and retrained. He actually retrained as a lawyer and he got ducks of his law degree. He's got this oh, fantastic wow. Yeah, he's got this fantastic memory. So, you yeah. know, kind of a little bit on the spectrum I I suspect. But it's been a really interesting journey, you know, kind of watching that yeah, and then sounds like and it. then studying nutraceuticals and going, okay, so what do we need to know? So when Ben yep had to have chemo for his testicular cancer. We went to the neuro-ophthalmologist in in Sydney. There's only one that knows about this stuff. So I got an urgent appointment, flew down, took him there and said, did you have anyone with our genetics? It's 11778 where your mitochondria are affected. You get your Mm -hmm. mitochondria from the mother. So the egg has the mitochondria. The sperm has a tail where the mitochondria of the male are in the tail. So when the sperm head gets into the egg to make the zygote, it loses its tail. So you get 100% of your mitochondria from your mother. So it's a maternal inheritance of the mitochondria. Um, And so my mother, obviously, who was from Poland, must have passed it on. But with all the pogroms and the Russians killing everybody, we didn't know anyone who had our genetics. So it yep. was it was a shock when my brother went blind. We didn't know anything about it, and it was a it's one of those rare kind of unknown diseases back in nineteen. So he was nineteen eighty three, I think, something like that, mm. eighty four, something. So so we didn't know much about it then, but since then, mm. there's a lot more that is known a about lot more it. Progression. There's no, yeah. there's, still, there's no treatment, basically mm. that that's really well documented, except. They do have some results with idebenone, which is a form of CoQ10. It's a slightly okay. smaller, slightly smaller um, chemical, so it actually gets through into. It has to go through the cytoplasm, through the cell wall, 
into, you know, through the cell membrane and then into the mitochondrial membrane. So the mm-hmm. studies have shown that idevanone gets in a little bit better. Um, anyway, so I have all that background. And so I yeah. took, took the son to the neuro-ophthalmologist, asked her if she'd seen anyone with R11778 who had to have chemo and what happened. And she said, yeah, they went blind the next day. I was like, <gasps> crap. <laughs> okay. And so can you do genetic to... testing to find... Yeah. You can. So he, so you knew that he had that. Yeah. So after my brother went blind, um, there are very few neuro ophthalmologists. There was only one in Brisbane, and we went to see him. His name's Harrison, and um, so we had my two kids and myself tested, and we were all. You can have um, homoplasmy or heteroplasmy. So homo is all yeah. of your genes yeah. have it, and hetero is you know some of them have it. Half, yeah. So we're all homoplasmic. So all my genes oh, have it. Gosh. And so all, that means oh all my, my kids' genes have it. So both. Yeah. So it's been a concern ever since I had Ben. Yeah. So I found out after, just after I had Ben. And so I stopped having children then. I actually did the right thing and had myself safe. Oh, okay. So you just, so you <laughs> so just had one. Had more babies. Yeah, yeah. Had oh, two wow. Babies. And then so that's wow. been a big thing hanging over me like forever. Yeah, um, I bet. And so now my daughter can pass it on, and so she's got the two kids. So I've played played a lot okay. of you know, time helping her with her kids, and I'm quite well bonded with her son too. So I'm hoping that you know if he if he does happen to go blind, hopefully, um, you know he'll have a good life like my brother who managed to do. He's one of the poster children of you know someone who achieved a lot, even though yeah, he, out know, of like, adversity. Right, and I'm writing yeah. a book about his life as well. So hopefully wow. that'll be out this year. Yeah. So wow. it's incredible yeah, how people still, can. I mean, you don't you don't want to wish that on anyone, and if you can possibly no. prevent it, then you know. And oddly yeah, enough, definitely. I've had a few cases. I do use um, goji berries and okay. uh, um, the polyphenols and the antioxidants yep. regularly to try and you know prevent that sort of thing from happening. Um, yeah. I do use. Um, activated tumor. So far, I haven't gone blind, and other people with my genetics, when they went through menopause, have gone blind. Women. So mm. so far, okay. my kids have not gone blind, and I have not. Yeah. So okay. that's a good that's thing. Good. Yeah. So you've got 100% success rate so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there are other things that can set it off. Um, paint fumes, for instance. I know people. There's a boy in oh. WA that I met. The family, you know, through the internet and stuff. They painted the house, and he went blind um, a few <gasps> days or weeks later. Yeah. So oh, paint fumes. There's a list of things that can affect the optic nerve because the mitochondria of the optic nerve are the most active and burn through the energy more than any place else in the body. Oh, and right. so it's interesting, yeah. the vitamin C levels in humans, you know, we don't, humans and guinea pigs and primates, they need to supplement daily mm-hmm. with vitamin C because we don't make mm-hmm. vitamin C ourselves. But mm-hmm. other animals like dogs and things, they make vitamin C. They so in theory, yeah. you don't have to um, supplement dogs and other animals with vitamin C. But um, mm-hmm. With humans, you have to pay close attention to that. So you need the antioxidants. You need the that sort of thing. So when my the son support. had chemo, I had him on high-dose IV vitamin C. My daughter actually flew yeah. down and hooked him up sometimes. Wow. And Yeah, and one of the local um, doctors would um, do that for him. It's not, it's not cheap when you go through that sort of system, though, um, whereas mm. it's the same stuff 
that we use, um, that the other doctors use. And so, yeah. you know, not naming names, but you, you're going through about 30 grams to maybe even oh, wow. 60 grams. So you can't swallow that. You'll get diarrhea no. if you swallow that. Yeah. But when you put it intravenously, you can get quite a high level through that and goji berries and blueberries and bilberries and raspberries, mm, all those, those sorts beautiful of things. dark preferred. colours. Yeah, they really do yeah. help. So I do have this drink that um, that that we use and I had a dog that was, apparently it was blind. I treated it for tick paralysis. It was a slightly elder dog and it, um, it couldn't walk when it came in. It was ataxic, so it had... Um, the tick that we removed, put it on mm-hmm. IV vitamin C as well as the tick anti serum, mm-hmm. um, and just overnighted it. And it and I gave it this oral liquid that has goji berries and essential oils in it, and it went home. Apparently, I fixed its vision. <laughs> said the no owner, way. he said wow. he said it came in blind. What did you do? It can see now. And so. Wow. In, yeah, so in theory, I think maybe the high-dose IV the vitamin, vitamin C, C yeah. was some sort of osmotic thing because I, I didn't pay attention to the eyes because that's not what I was treating it for. Mm. And so, How and wonderful. The, then, yeah, that was really cool. You get these cool things doing integrated yeah. medicine. So my yeah, physician, these unexpected effects. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Sometimes you get dogs in that haven't been able to walk for like three months and the owner's carrying it around and you do one treatment releasing the trigger points and sort of like an osteopathic sort of adjustment, put them on um, the remedial massage. We have like a vibrating mat that we put them on with the acupuncture needles in. So I've had several that come in like that and they actually walk out. And so when the physio has been working with us, he goes, oh, Elaine, can you do that Jesus thing again? (laughs) (laughs) You're a miracle worker. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... like common sense. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. You can just really hear the joy in your voice and how much you love the work that you do. It's it's so nice to talk to you, Elaine. It's almost infectious. (laughs) Everyone's so lucky to have you. Because I don't think it's that hard, you know. I just think you have to Mm. cut to the chase with some stuff and just go, okay, so let's do this. Be open to trying things. Yeah. And have, and also have, clients who are open and trusting and happy to go on that journey with you and then you'll yeah. be able to have your miracles and see those unexpected results and you <clears> it's wonderful all the time so you know you have to be no, open to the fact that it may not and and yeah. a lot of people do want um yeah they they want miracles and you have to make sure that that you're realistic and so that you can explain, you know. But usually the people that come to me, they've already been to the specialist. They've all be, already been given great prognosis. So if they can get weeks or months more, we're talking yeah. cancer cases generally, yeah. they're pretty happy. But I do have several that are like three years later and they were supposed to have died. And then wow. they're like, yeah. And they're also the cardiac cases that I think it's just normal for the cardiologist to say, you know, grave prognosis, you'll be lucky to get six months. And so we've got yeah. one of the vets actually that was working for me, her own dog, it's now like three years later, and she was given that sort of a, you know, six weeks, you'll be lucky, maybe three months. It did a yeah. cordy tendinier rupture. So the valve oh, is yes. gone, right? And this dog, yeah. she came in the other day with her dog. She started feeding it um, a better quality level of nutrition she wasn't doing too bad the dog needed to lose weight 
but um, it looked a bit Cushingoid, you know, a bit pot belly. It looks slimmer mm. and younger now. <laughs> and yeah, three wow. years. This is a dog that three was three years. Ago. Gosh. Yeah. And yeah. are you, so how did you approach that case? Were you using a combination of um, conventional medicine and some alternative medicine or yeah. was it purely? Well, yeah. For me, it's not alternative. That's the thing. It's like, this is nutrition. It's nutritional Complimentary. science. Complimentary. So, yeah. yeah. So hawthorn berry is my big go-to and we use an mm-hmm. extract um, in a pill form. So it's mm-hmm. concentrated. And mm-hmm. it's relatively inexpensive. We use um, ubiquinone or ubiquinone, which is a coenzyme yeah. Q10. Um, yeah. And then we look at the diet and we remove inflammatory things. So it's actually ketogenic-ish. So it's yeah, you, just, okay. you get rid of the so rice. Removing and the grains and the vegetable oils. And we get and rid of that, like that and we add yep. um, awful parts. So the organotherapy thing is if you've got a sick organ, like a sick kidney, for instance, then you would feed a bit of lamb kidney. So the mm. the ingredients that you need for that sick organ are in a healthy young organ. Mm. So so for the that dog, we we get her to feed um, a young heart. So it will be say chicken hearts or you know different heart muscle. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. get lamb heart, you know that sort of thing. So part of the meal is that, preferably raw, but it's got to be. Um, clean and you know chicken sometimes isn't the cleanest mm. you can get salmonella no. and polybacillus yeah. and stuff so you've got to look at that um make sure yeah. you might have to cook it up lightly so that you still yeah. got the carnitine and the taurine and the things that you need so naturally with food rather than with supplements but hawthorn yeah. is a real big one that we use a lot of and it really seems okay. to make a difference yeah yeah, wonderful. And you mentioned that you, um, I'm not sure if you said routinely, but gluten is something that you remove from a diet if you're wanting to improve someone's diet and reduce the inflammatory status. Yeah. Is that something that you do across the board generally? And do, like, what are your thoughts on gluten? It's such a controversial topic. Well, I think there's gluten and there's glyphosate. So the, mm. they do use Roundup, which is a weed killer, to mm-hmm. ripen yep the grain um so in this country and in america um the farmers will get a profit based on tonnage and so when the weed is ripe it goes from a green to a yellow and they get a better crop yield if they crop dust with this poison called glyphosate so when they initially found the chemical glyphosate they recognized that it worked on the shikimate pathway of the plant and it does leach into the water table. So pretty much everyone's mm-hmm. got some glyphosate if you're drinking water, you know, like it's there mm-hmm. and it doesn't come out in your filters yeah. necessarily yeah. either. Yeah. So um, so that's one big problem with with the wheat, um, but there is also molecular mimicry with the gliadin and the gluten causing um, inflammation and leaky gut. So yeah. um, in in general, it can be a problem, but um, do do I worry about it all the time? I think in small quantities it's okay, um, but try to avoid, um, you know, the glyphosate-ridden stuff. So we use the sorghum one um, when we're using a dry food because sorghum is generally not sprayed with the glyphosate. Oh, so okay, lots sure. of information from Stephanie Sinef, um, who is mm-hmm. a PhD professor in MIT, and she's published 
quite a lot of literature about glyphosate and this weed killer. And there has been all kinds of lawsuits that they've won. Yeah, I know, Um, in America particularly. Lymphoma, leukemia. So when I graduated, 81, I hardly saw any of the cancers that we see almost daily at my clinic. And I remember the first lymphoma case and it was a belonged to a young boy and all the lymph nodes were huge and I was like, oh, this is really devastating. But it's just really common now. Um, And so I've seen that in my lifetime and I've had, you know, even my son who's had testicular cancer, my nurse in in central Queensland, her son, same age as my son, testicular cancer. There's PFOS and PFAS in the drinking water in Gladstone. You look at the um, you look at those chemicals and Gladstone water and you'll see that it's contaminated. I didn't have a filter when we were raising the kids. And also mm. Teflon. These um Yeah. We used a um a Teflon coated cooking device yeah. when I was yeah. raising the kids as well. So we all got contaminated. But we just basically. don't know. Like I mean in another twenty or thirty years, there's probably things that we're doing today that all of a sudden we're gonna realise are not healthy for us too. It's yeah. so hard. And the BPAs. Isn't it? And they're in everything. Yep, BPAs. Yeah. Yep. So this yep. and all the parabens and phthalates. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah. Well that's why we we use a lot of essential oils now to you know yeah, the, beautiful the um shampoos and the conditioners and the perfumes mm-hmm. that are actually poisons with the yep. phthalates, you know? So yeah. I find if I use something with an artificial fragrance um now, because I'd mm-hmm. I'd also choose to avoid them, it mm-hmm. gives me immediately gives me a headache. Even yeah. even yeah. those scented yeah. ad- they're not that common anymore. Scented children's colouring in textures. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly I right. I can't be that's, near them. They just give me yeah. a throbbing headache and I'm not a headachey yeah. person. So there's something yeah. there, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It does. It's that's really true. And the essential oils, mm. you've got a really nice podcast um with Nicole, Nicole Roos, yeah. yeah, she's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, got the so most she beautiful product. And then she went on and did what she's doing, and so it's it's nice the, the trickle on effect. <laughs> and I will yes. say, I probably you know the um, people that started the integrative movements here in Australia, mm-hmm. the um, mm-hmm. Carissa, Carissa Smith, and Claire. Yeah, those are yeah. Really, you know, you've did, you've done some podcasts with Claire, but. I tell everyone, Carissa's like the godmother of integrated medicine. <laughs> in oh, Australia. we need to we need to get her. We need to get her on the podcast then. Yeah, <laughs> maybe of, she can be a, a a sort of a signature podcast for us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. She's really the one that spurred spurred us all on. I met her as a yeah. vet student, and she was. And, and you remember Claire in her podcast, she said, so, yeah, yeah Carissa said we'll just start this thing and so we did it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's incredible how really it, how it's grown. Yeah. yeah. And, and hopefully so it keeps our, going. Yeah. And when we have our conferences, it's like, oh, it's good to see you again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was really interested in and I, and I see that you've been involved in is Vets Beyond Borders. Are you still involved in that or did you – I know you helped set it up and that's, yeah, it was really that's an incredible in initiative room. too. Yeah, so Catherine, she, she was over with Carissa and a bunch of other integrative holistic vets and so we were just chatting and um, she had a magazine from the Mahayana um, Foundation and she said this lady needs help and she says there's no vets there. This is in Bodh Gaya and she's Buddhist, Catherine. So she wanted to go to Bodh Gaya 
Um, and I said, oh, that seems good. And a few years before that, I helped do a street dog de-sex program in Bali. And mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, some of those dogs, they were, they were midline ventral incisions and that we did the dogs and let them go. Like they were, um, mm. those dogs in Bali were caught with a fishing net off the back of someone's motorcycle. <laughs> the street dogs mm. didn't belong to anyone. And then we mm-hmm. jabbed them with xylazine. Um, they vomited in the net. Then we took them to a picnic table and operated on oh them. Oh, my goodness. And then, and then released them. Um, most of them did well, but some of them, when they woke up and went back to the streets, they fought with each other and some of them oh, um, no. licked out their stitches and be his. And herniated. So when, right. So when we were going to go to... Um, India said, well, that's not good, so we better figure out no. how to do blank space. So we went to the yeah. Welfare League and, um, and the team of us did our first few flank space and that's what we did in um, India. So, yeah, so it was Catherine and I with that first visit to Bodh Gaya, which was quite an eye-opener. Um, it would have been. Yeah, we went to this place um, that Adriana Ferranti, who still writes to me every year, um, and had this large compound where she was actually doing um, sort of missionary kind of work with the locals. She was treating lepros. I'd never seen anyone with leprosy before. So we were actually staying in a leprosy treatment area. <laughs> and these people were walking for thousands of kilometers to get there, or maybe hundreds of kilometers. And they came in their saris, their beautiful um purples and yellows and reds and things and then came and got medicine for the leprosy and were okay. soaking their feet in these big stainless steel bowls for treatment for their toes that had leprosy and um we didn't know that actually when we came to desex the dogs in this compound and we were using those same stainless steel bowls to soak our instruments to do the desexing. oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> and um and it was it was a real eye opener. And then we went to visit a few people um, by the side of the road, actually. Um, so I flew into Kolkata, which is Calcutta, mm-hmm. and I was on my own in Calcutta earlier. And we were to meet up in Bodgaya later. And I was on a plane um, that had the nuns um, from Mother Teresa's foundation. So oh, they, wow. they be- yeah, they befriended me and I went to visit them and found out about their out- outreach programs. And actually, I um, I hung out with them for several days and they took me upstairs. There was a lady who would be about 30 and she'd had hydrocephalus and she was she was dropped there as a baby and she lived there for 30 years. <gasps> And her oh carrots were there. And her head was huge because she hadn't had the proper surgery Never as a baby. Them. Oh, it was just oh, remarkable so what tragic. I saw. And then the orphans that were in this one area, there was like a hundred kids under the age of about four or five. And they just there was like five nuns in there. And so just imagine the classroom management with that. And they all just wanted a hug. So so I went oh. in there and they just all came up and just wanted to pick up and a cuddle. So you pick one up, cuddle yeah. it, drop it, get the next one, pick it up, cuddle it. <laughs> and oh. and so I sort of volunteered there first before I went out um, and then also visited some of these people's places where they lived. And when I got home, two things that I really loved, toilets here. <laughs> that was wonderful clean water and and I stood in front of my dishwasher for like an hour and I just stood there and went I've got more stuff with gratitude than all the people had in their whole house 
I was just yeah, looking at my dishwasher. That was huge. And so, so anyway, leveling. So, yeah, that's pretty much, I just helped Catherine kind of set it up. We called it Vet Charity and then it morphed. Catherine's got really good organisational skills and she helped Kate kept pushing it so it became registered as a charity and then it changed to Vets Beyond Borders and there's just amazing people that just helped, you know, continue it on. But, yes, I was yeah, the first wonderful. with her. Yeah. Oh, what a legacy. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. thank you so much, Elena. I know that we're getting close to time and we've mm-hmm. had such a wonderful chat today. I'm just wondering if there's anything else that you wanted to share with us before we say goodbye. Um, yeah, there's a, a few things. I I would yeah. like people to um to look into dentistry a bit more, um, especially mm-hmm. radiography. Um, so yeah. you know, go online, have a look. There's lots of really good teaching things there. Um, and to recognize when a tooth is, say, slightly yellow compared to the other teeth next to it, there's a problem with that tooth. Um, yep. Also, if there's missing teeth, especially in dogs, you need to take an X-ray when the dog is like six to seven months. You need dental X-rays because uh, there yep. might be dentigerous cysts there and that will continue to grow and can end up breaking the jaw. So that's an important thing. Uh, yes. Um I think we've covered most of the main things. Yeah. I think having a go is just really important. And if you don't know, ring one of the integrative vets and then the social media is quite good. People tag me quite often if there's a, a horrible question and I'm usually happy to answer that. I'm pretty busy with the vet social media stuff. Um, so I'm yep. glad that there seems to be a bit more acceptance of what's going yeah. on there. Um, Definitely. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll share the details of that um, of that group in our show notes because I'm sure it's a wonderful group and I'm sure there'll be many, many veterinary practitioners and nurses listening who mm-hmm. would be able to interact in that group and, and learn so much from the wonderful um, collection of, of holistic vets that are so yeah. active and so That's generous right. with their time and knowledge. That's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, you do have to be a vet to join there, so you need to put okay, in your, good to know. where you graduated from. Your registration. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, wonderful. Gosh, okay. Elaine, I think I could talk to you all day. We'll have to get you back again when um, when we've got another late Tuesday start <laughs> for you. Um, it's been so nice to, to chat with you and I know it will be a, um, a highlight for many people who are listening to the podcast to to listen to your episode today so thank you yes and thanks for the call it's great catching up okay take yeah. care okay take care okay. bye bye this is the pure animal podcast and i'm dr sarah howard if you enjoyed our discussion with dr elaine today please feel free to jump onto itunes and give us a rating and review